Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, Brandon Campbell. You're going to love her, and she has so many great, very concrete ideas for us. And this conversation was so powerful for me to have with her. I actually didn't exactly know where we were going to go when we had it, but everything she shared is just so useful that I really recommend implementing just as much as possible. So good. So we talk, we are talking about um, anti-racism and becoming anti-racist. And Brandon is a consultant who helps small companies or large companies build and articulate their commitment to racial justice. And that means building inclusive environments and fleshing out values and and how we can align our values with being anti-racist. And we talk a lot about values on this podcast, which is an exercise that I love doing. So follow along to that piece. And I asked Brandon on because this is a topic that I have really been working with over the course of maybe the last two years. And it's been really, really important in my, who I've become, let's call it that, over the past two years as a mother, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, and just as a human on this planet. And I just love the way that she teaches and shares about it. So I'm so excited that we get to learn from her today. So I'm going to get her on in a minute. But before I do, I just have a couple of announcements. So it's funny because I've already recorded this intro once and I realized I was just going too long and I needed to get branded on the show. So we're trying it again. And basically what I want to tell you is that in the coming weeks, next week and the week after, there's going to be a few bonus episodes because I have some amazing interviews that I don't want to skip. And I've been thinking a lot about time and how we interact with time and just some things we can do to really get grounded in time ourselves right now. And I thought about running a challenge and, you know, doing something more complex, but really this is a space that I know you're here and I, it's easy to listen to and you can tune in whenever you want. So I've created three episodes that will just be woven into our normal episodes and we'll just give some ideas about time and some actual concrete things you can do right now. So we've been doing some great things within flow over the past couple of weeks to just get grounded in now. It's a very strange time to be even be thinking about time. I don't know about you, but over the past 18 months of living through this pandemic, there are weeks when I don't know what day it is. There are weekends where I'm like, what's the difference between a week and a weekend? 
And as summer goes on and we head into fall and things are opening and then closing and opening and then closing, it's just confusing to know what's next and to even be able to dream big. So we're going to be talking about all of that in these bonus episodes. So tune into those, bring your notebook, and I'm going to give you some prompts and it's going to be really fun. And I'm super excited about that. So that is coming up in the next two weeks so that you can really feel like you've done some great things to set you up for your fall. Then the other two things I wanted to share is number one, um, Flow 365, which is our, let's call it our year-long um, accountability container. It's like, I, that doesn't even do it any justice. It's like so the wrong way to talk about it. But it is just the most amazing group of women who are all wanting to show up to their best lives and they're wanting to do so in a balanced way. And they're thinking about their families, whether it's their kids or their um, parents that they're taking care of. They're thinking about their work. They're thinking about their homes. They're thinking about their spirituality. They're thinking about their bodies. They're just thinking about all the different things and really on a weekly basis, considering how what what needs to be brought forth in the week, what really needs to be accomplished, how that's going to work. And we figure it out. And these women do amazing things and live amazing lives. And I hate the word do because some weeks it's just like, the the obvious thing is like we need to stop or we need to sleep more or um, we need a vacation and all of that is part of it and it's just so wonderful. So it used to be that I opened it up once a year and you know that's we started and we all worked together for a year and it was great and then one year I opened it up still for a year but I did it two or three times within a year and so the group sort of morphed and grew and everybody really liked the fresh energy of new people and then COVID hit and I realized that a year was a lot to ask and so I let folks join for a 90-day season and that was so great especially at the very beginning of COVID and then I just sort of kept going because you know it stayed being COVID maybe it still is and now I'm at the point where folks are still signing up for 90 days and yet everyone keeps signing up for more 90 days. And so though I'm super happy that's happening at some point, it becomes just like a logistical thing of getting everybody signed up. So eventually we're going to make it again so that it's always for a year um, because everyone still seems to do that anyway. In fact, there's many people who've been doing this for three, three years at this point. And so that's going to happen in December. So when we're we're rolling for 2022, it's going to it's going to be for the year and it's going to be a little bit more money. And we have one more season before that though. So at the end of this month, we are going to have our retreat that gets us all set up for September, October and November. December is always a little bit different. And so anyone who signs up for September, October and November also gets the different experience that is December. And it's going to be kind of a quiet opening. I'm going to talk about it a few times on the podcast. I'm going to send out a few emails. I don't have partners, like I'm not doing a huge event, but I know that there are people listening who've been thinking about it and who are really wanting to move on something this fall, whether it's a new business or a project that you've really wanted to do, or you're just trying to feel more balanced. So if you've been thinking about it a long time, 
this might be a great moment to join because it will lock in um, the current price. Um, it's I'm not going to like have a huge thing. So you'll be still part of this very intimate group, um, which is just, it's so wonderful. And I've had the experience in the past few weeks where I've actually met some Flow 365ers who I didn't even know before they were in this program. And it's just been so fun to give like real life hugs and share smoothies with people. And it's been fun as the world's opened up a little bit more. Someday, I hope we will have some in real life retreats that will be coming up maybe in 2022, 2023. So that is the first thing I want to say. So go check out the Plan Simple website. Again, the retreat is, um, I think it's the it's the last weekend in August. Um, it's before Labor Day weekend, before that weekend. But in order to sort of be in the retreat, we we we're going to have, basically, we're going to have a short window of open enrollment, which will be, um, if you're listening to this in real time, it will be next week and the week after. And then we send people physical planners. We send you a package. Like there's a whole thing that goes down. So it's not like I keep it open till the very end. So you kind of have to decide, lean in and come for the ride. So that's happening. And then the other thing that I will get more into in coming weeks, but I just want to put out there if this is something that's coming up for you right now, is that last year I had the amazing opportunity <laughs> given to me in a strange package by my daughter um, to really lean into motherhood um, in a way that I hadn't, it was like the next level for me, for sure. So, you know, I'm trained as a parenting coach. Like I've done a lot of work around specifically simplicity parenting. And I have been mentoring mamas for the past 11 years and it's been amazing. And this year brought it to a whole other level. And it became so clear to me how life-giving motherhood can be even in the hardest of circumstances and how much I want every mother to see this, to experience this, whether your kid's having a hard time, whether your kid's going through a big change, whether that has to do with friends or, um, you know, the pandemic, what, whatever it is, um, I'm super excited to partner with the person who I got a lot of support from this past year. You heard her on the podcast. Her name is Syl. She's literally like Oprah to me. You're going to love her. Um, and I just I just want every mom who this is calling to to join us. We're going to keep the group smallish, um, but that's coming up in uh, mid-September and October. We're going to have a six-week group. And you're going to, if motherhood is something you're wanting to dive into right now, you're just going to love this. You're going to eat it up. So I just want to tell you about those two things. We will do some sort of like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. We're, if you want to do both things, just reach out to us. We'll work with you. But we'll 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 explain the timing that will work best for you, so that you're not overwhelmed in doing all the things. Because that's never what I want for you. Um, so those things are coming up. Time, the next group of flow, the next retreat, and motherhood, easeful motherhood. All right. And for right now, for today, we are going to talk about becoming anti-racist and you're going to learn a ton from Brandon. So with no further ado, let's get Brandon on the show. Hello, Brandon. Hi, Mia. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm so excited. Well, yes, I'm so excited to be having this conversation. It's funny. I, this camp experience is a combination of, you know, everything's, every conversation here is so amazing. Every teaching is so amazing and so meaningful. And I'm finding that half of the meaningful stuff is hard. You know, they're hard conversations. And I feel like that, you know, that's what we're, we're heading into. It's like, you know, we, we did this whole thing on budgeting, a whole thing on tax systems. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we have like yoga and meditation. Cause you know, in order to live a life of meaning, I think we have to have all the conversations. Absolutely. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you and your work just quickly. So we have some grounding into this conversation as, as I ask all my questions. Yeah. So my business is Brandon Campbell communications, which is a consulting business that does that works with businesses to help them build and articulate their commitment to um, racial justice. So what that means is we do a lot of work with businesses to help them build inclusive environments with, uh, all businesses, but small businesses in particular, we do a lot to help them flesh out their values and how those can align with being anti-racist. Um, so what you said about having hard conversations is what I am all about because you really can't get to the heart of problems if you're not willing to acknowledge that there are some, some challenges in the first place. I love it. Okay, so I'm gonna fully admit that I could say the wrong thing to everyone watching and to Brandon. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm definitely one of those white women who always thought I was doing things correctly and then realized in the past year that I was not 100% anti-racist at all and that there was a lot of practices that um, were not inclusive that I was a part of. And mm -hmm. So I've spent the good part of this year actually really making that a priority. Um, and I went into it thinking that I could fix it <laughs> really quickly. And it's not that at all, as you know, because you help people with this all the time. It's a process. It's a slow process because it took us a long time to get here and mm -hmm. we're going to have to get our way out of this. And it's just interesting. And I, I appreciate every comment that, um, you know, I appreciate every bit of feedback when I say the wrong thing, when I, um, you know, say something that's limiting to a population, like I a hundred percent appreciate that. So for everyone who's watching, come join the conversation, come tell us your thoughts. Cause I think that that's a really important piece of this particular topic. I mean, it's a particular, I, I want everyone to converse about all the things, but <laughs> this one, I feel like is one that's very easy to shy away from. And I encourage, especially all the white women here to step into it. Yes. And, and it's so powerful that you shared your realization because it, it is hard to realize. And that's a big part of what makes this conversation and this topic so challenging is that it involves for almost everyone, well, it involves for everyone, some unlearning of things that you thought were right or correct. Yeah. And it really, it is a marathon, you know, white supremacy and the impact on our society 
didn't happen overnight. So it is going to take some time to fix. And that's not something we're not a patient people <laughs> generally. We're also not people. I mean, people overall don't like to fail. And even if you know in your mind that mistakes are part of the process, I'm sure that's something you heard actually putting yourself out there and experiencing it is a different matter. And it, it sucks very honestly. And people don't like to make mistakes. And a, a lot of, hopefully in doing this work, you can kind of reframe how you look at that because even though no one likes making mistakes, it's how you learn your greatest lessons. And really the benefit is if you make a mistake, if you're called, called out, called in, whatever the case may be, you know for moving forward, okay, I didn't realize that. I'm going to apply that. And this is, it doesn't matter, you know, I read about this stuff all of the time. I am constantly learning. There is no one who is exempt from this. So having that humility, that ability to apologize and, and just say, I was not aware. Thank you for telling me. That's that's all that it requires. Um, and if you can just be mindful of that so you don't get stuck in the defensiveness and the shame, then that's how sh- uh, how change really begins to happen. I love that. I love that. And I'll, I will share that one of the things that really happened for me and was helpful is that as that shame sort of started to come on, first of all, I think it made me more empathetic, right? Mm. Toward all the things I was thinking I was standing up for. Um, and it also made me realize how systematic it was. Right. And, and just understanding that all of a sudden, like uncovered all these systems that we're a part of and all the places where I think, especially as women, um, we put a lot of blame on ourselves and, um, get into these loops that aren't very helpful, um, in terms of moving forward and making a change. So I have like, I feel like I have a lot of questions, but I also feel like you teach this. (laughs) So what I would love you to do is really just help us step through some initial steps to be taken. Um, let's start off with us, those of us who are um, maybe in business or mm-hmm. have a small business or working. Um, let's start off with that piece and then we will get into the motherhood piece in the end. But let's start off with us as business owners and how we can really um, start to step into doing the work that we need to do to make the world a more equitable place. Um, you know, and looking at that, even if it isn't easy. Yes. I love this topic because I find a lot of smaller business owners feel like, oh, well, I don't have the budget to bring in a DEI consultant. So I guess I can't do any of this work. And it's really the opposite. When you're a small business, um, solopreneur or small team, you can, it's a lot easier. You can affect change so much more simply without having to navigate politics um, and and all of the things that come with being in a really big environment. So one of the first things is if you haven't taken the opportunity to come up with core values for your business, brand values, um, I interchange what I call them sometimes, that's a really important thing to do. And I'd encourage you just to just do some free writing. Don't put the pressure of, oh, I'm going to put this on my website. What do I say? Just to be clear on, just to define for yourself what you believe and why you believe it. And as small business owners, 
the personal is very much infused into our business life. So that kind of helps you draw your line in the sand for this is what I believe. And if you cross that, then, you know, I need to take some action. And once you've been clear on whatever that looks like, I believe that, you know, that I want to help amplify, you know, marginalized voices or you know, whatever you put into your statement, then that you can then think about aspects of your business. So a simple example, and, but also one of the hardest, um, when people define what they believe, they then realize, ooh, I may, this means that I'm gonna have to make some decisions with people I have relationships with. So that can be clients, that can be folks that you have um, collaborations with. And, and that's one of the most important ways you can leverage your beliefs and your values in, in your business and work towards a more equitable world. Um, when you get to the point of having your values on your, on your website, you can send that out to two folks um, ahead of time, ahead of having a consult to make sure you're in alignment. Uh, but it does mean realizing that you're going to have to make some choices sometimes. It may mean that a client, maybe they, they'd be buying your biggest package, but if they really believe in harming people um, in some way, then you know, well, that's not what I stand for and not what I want my business to stand for. So in some ways it may mean you have to make some short-term sacrifices. At the same time, we know, you know, we know how much of a shift has happened in, in this country in the past year, as well as around the world. We know that, um, you know, millennials and Gen Z are really values aligned. They seek out businesses that stand for something. So in the end, it's a really great selling point. And I don't want to, I don't want people to do this because, oh, well, it'll, it'll get me business, but standing up for your beliefs actually does make good business. It helps you stand out from competition um, because you stand for something in addition to, you know, deliver an excellent product or service. I love that. And so there will be a page in the workbook all about just really sketching out your values and coming up with what those core values are. So I have one follow-up question to that though, which is that because I came upon this mm -hmm. and so I'm wondering what your feedback is. So, so I think that like, if we're thinking values and, and it feels hard and, you know, we're trying, you know, I think what a lot of us do is we go look at other people's core values on their websites and then we get stuck in this loop because we think we should believe these things. So definitely I think everyone should just close their eyes, take a deep breath and like write out your core values, like as step one, right? Like just definitely. write out what comes the rawest. And then what I'm curious about is I wonder if some of us need to look at some of those core values and see where we're not infusing like our own desire to be anti-racist. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm -hmm. I always had a value of inclusivity, but I didn't understand like what that meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. it's really important to me. But I also didn't feel it at the same time, I didn't fully understand it until I started unpacking a little bit. So I, my mm -hmm. guess is, is that there's sort of like two steps before it ends up on your website of really understanding your own value system and where it's coming from. And if 
you need to expand on your own values in order to, you know, if, if, if inclusivity is important to you to really make that true. Does you that make sense? Couple, yeah, it does make sense. And you hit on a couple of really great points uh, in that, yes, first, when you look, when you do that writing, what do I believe? And if there's something that you believe is a core value, you want to have as a core value, but maybe it's not an accurate reflection of where you are, then it is important to take a, a to take a step back and to, to look at it a little bit because it's important that your core values be reflect the here and now and not be aspirational. So right. in this particular, in this, particularly in this time, I know people are fearful, you know, what if I put it up and someone criticizes me? If it's something that you are, then there's, you know, less of a concern there. Right. And I, and I love that there's going to be some reflection in the workbook uh, because I think in addition to doing that writing of what my values are, you don't have to know exactly what it will look like in your business as you move forward, but it it is a good idea to, to think about what could this look like. So for instance, with having a value of inclusivity, a awkward realization for many folks is, and I, I try to speak honestly about this, our networks tend to look like what, what we look like. So mm-hmm. we can have the goal of being inclusive, but if we don't really know that many folks who are different than ourselves, then that's gonna make that a challenge. It's not, it's not a, anything bad that you did. It's just the reality. Yeah. So realizing that is, though, is such an important step to then thinking about how might I be able to intentionally broaden my, my perspective and, and those that I know and do business with. It's, it's absolutely not tokenizing anyone, but if there is an organization you've been thinking about joining and you know that they are very diverse, then that's, you know, that's a decision towards supporting your core values. So yeah. there is some work that very likely will, will happen as you name what you believe and then also look at, okay, but is that what I'm doing? Yeah. And, well, and I have to say this whole sort of, um, I don't even know what the right word is like awakening in myself of like realizing that there was something I was missing a little bit um, in my life and in my business um, got me. It's, it's interesting this, that we started with this values piece, which I didn't even know is where we were starting with, because I find I'm actually more attuned to that and reminding myself of that in all aspects of Mm -hmm. life and business right now. Um, So it's like, once you start, you know, diving into this work and, and having these values, you know, you can be thinking about it, you know, when you're buying a dress or when you're like choosing to go get your nails done, you know, like, and really just, you know, all the little things that we do, all these decisions. And so often, you know, I don't know. It's just, I was at an event once that was owned by, it was owned by a white woman, but it was a woman. And, you know, she said, think of all the clothes you buy, your favorite clothes, and mm-hmm. think of who owns the company for whom you bought the, that those clothes from. And pretty much she had us list out these companies. And because she does this for a living, she knew that all of them were men. So like out of like 50 women, you know, there was like one store that was like woman owned, you know, and it probably white woman owned, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like, it's so interesting how 
unconscious all these choices are that we make all day long. And so bringing the values up is really, to me, has been just a way to like, just really what camp is this pause of like getting conscious and being like, oh, wait, is this what I, it's not that it doesn't have to be the choice we make. We might make the exact same choice, but at least we're making a choice consciously for what it is that we're deciding we want or don't want or whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, I think it's both empowering and overwhelming to (laughs) to think about just in the course of our daily lives. I think many people get stuck thinking, well, what's this huge, big issue I should be advocating for? And sure, there's, there's that in the longer term, but there are decisions that we make in our life about who we're going to support, even in our our social media, um, whose content we want to share and amplify, whose content we're consuming. Uh, All of those little things matter and get you thinking about the issues more and more. And you know more, you do more. Yes. I love that. Okay. So values, we're starting with values. What's Mm -hmm. next? Wait, say again. So we started with values. Right, so right. now, now tell us what's, what's next. Cause I know you have a whole set of things that you want to share as we're, as we're thinking about this. Yeah. So, um, with the, the values, you know, I, I'm, I'm so passionate about talking about this and a thing, something that I encourage you all to think about is Think about areas of your business, and this can be hard when you're, again, a solopreneur, but think about the relationships that you have, the purchases, as you were saying, that you make. What are some ways that the values you outline can show up in those areas? And um, and that's something that I help people walk through in, um, in, in my business because it can be really hard to come up with that on your own and to create just kind of a framework and to have some accountability um, to yourself and how things are going to show up. So that's something that um, I love to, to partner with businesses um, with. And I, for participants of, of camp, hopefully you'll take, we'll talk about this in a little bit, hopefully you'll take me up on the opportunity to just schedule some time and let's have a conversation. If you are totally confused and stuck after watching this, you think like, I, I understand what you said. I just have no understanding of how to apply this. Let's, let's have a conversation to get you past that. Well, and one of the things that's happening within the context of this day in camp is that um, we have two different people, one on the personal side and one on the business side, um, talking through money and budgeting. And, and both of them will share different different aspects of really getting current for where your money's going. And Mm -hmm. I imagine that's kind of an interesting list to start with if you're feeling um, overwhelmed, right? So it's like, these are all the expenses I currently have. Like this is the company I used for like sending emails and, you know, they're coming from the context of, do you need it or don't you need it? Like just make choice. But now we're adding this like extra thing of like, is this a company that I can stand by? Right. And and, and how does that work? So I have a question about that. So at the beginning of um, my understanding of this, and when I started this work and created the values and, and did actually did that, I did a list of all the companies that I was buying. That was my first sort of step. And I had been meaning to switch email providers for a long time, and I just hadn't done it. And in the midst of, you know, a lot of conversations in the entrepreneurship world, um, 
last year, I saw an interview with the guy who created ConvertKit. And he was clearly like very much um, involved in the anti-racist movement. He was just, he was an amazing human being. And I could see that. And that's who I was thinking of switching to. So mm. it just gave me the, the, the motivation and impetus to switch. Right. So like right. I did that and I feel really good now. I mean, he is a white guy, but what he supports, I can stand behind. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I just, I couldn't actually find information <laughs> about the other provider I was using. So I was like, huh, you know, like I'd rather go, you know, with, with a company I know, and I understand their values because they're communicating them back to me. Um, so that was like an easy choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, but then as small business owners, the other thing that happens a lot is we're like networking and we're, we're working, we're partnering with other small businesses. Yes. So what's your, let, can we talk a little bit about weighing when we're starting to make choices and let's say I have a um, well, let's just use a real example. I have a CPA mm -hmm. who's a white guy okay. and I meet a really awesome CPA who's a black woman. So how do we start making choices that are in alignment with our values? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how do we, like, where, where do we, like, let's talk through that scenario. Sure. So, and I think it's a good scenario to bring up and it's a scenario where a lot of folks where you can start to get some backlash about the, well, you know, if they're equally yeah. qualified and, and things like that. Um, first, I want to say for anyone listening, try not to get stuck in, in imperfection. Sometimes you'll be able to like in your in, um, imperfection, I mean to say in your example, like, okay, you have the information on convert kit. So that made it easy. If you're not able to find the information or you have a hard time finding something that states upfront exactly what you believe, it's so it's okay to kind of be imperfect and to try to. Well, and, and I will personally share the other side of that. So I went yeah. through, I mean, I, I pay whatever, like 12 to 15 vendors a month. Like that's just one of them, right? Okay. The other ones I know less about. I do know that pretty much none of them are woman owned or much less black woman owned. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of work to switch things. Like it's a lot it of is. work to make new systems. So the other ones I did weigh like that yeah. one, it was like, I was like, you know what? I can do this. Mm -hmm. The other ones I was like, do I have time? Is it, can I make a new website right now? Is that like really helping humanity <laughs> for right. me a website? Or do I want to go have some intelligent conversations about this topic with other people, which is what I ended up doing. Right. So it's like, you know, we can't get lost in imperfection. Exactly. You can't. And, you know, a goal, right. You have 15 folks, you've made one decision, you know, maybe you make a goal. Okay. I want to, I want to evaluate in this quarter the second vendor that I have, yeah, it can be step by step. It, it doesn't, and it really needs to be, it does, it can't be automatic. I, you mentioned before, we want it to resolve quickly and there just is no checklist for this. Yes. Um, so in the example you brought up, if you have, you, you meet someone who's a, a white male CPA and a black woman CPA, that's that's so hard because there's so many 
other things to, or, you know, potential differentiators. Um, you can look at, you know, you can and should look at, do they say anything about values on their websites? Probably, I'm guessing, uh, at least the CPAs I've worked with, probably not. There's not a lot about that. If you are able to get a sense of that, that would be really important and that can really help you uh, help in your decision. Also looking at who they work with, who they're helping to support can also tell you a lot about it. It could be, um, you know, if it's a really, if the, the white male is, is working with organizations that are community focused and actually align more with the beliefs you've set out for your organization, yeah, in a way is telling you what the values are. And that may be more in alignment with, with the work you kind of want to help support I love that. And so we're, we're, we always just go back to those values, whether they're ours or somebody else's, because that's how we navigate through this in a more. Exactly. And that's why it helps give some, some clarity. I mean, if, if all things are the same, if you are able to support um, a black business owner, that's always a great thing to be able to do. But like you said, if I'm at an event, I meet two great people. There are some, you know, there are some ways you can think about it that can help you figure out what might be how do I make this decision that can help guide you through that? Yep. I love that. Yeah. All right. So what next? We, before we press record, we were talking about sort of some little things we can do. Cause I feel like all these things, like I, I, I fully believe that everyone's first step should be that values work. So if you have extra time today, I feel like that's what you do or any of these get it done sessions that we've created. Like that's just a really good exercise to give yourself space for. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like I went right into a big change. <laughs> Changing your email system provider is a pretty big change. So let's talk through some of like the little things that come up, um, like the, the little things that maybe some of us are unconscious to. Um, yeah. So one, I just love as a starting place saying, you know, most of us buy at some point books for our business to keep our knowledge fresh. And if you can just try to make a, make a commitment to, okay, I'm going to get my books instead of, you know, Amazon or, or some um, big box retailer, I'm going to find a black owned bookstore that I'm going to get my books from and just set up your account. And then that's, that you know, where you're going to go to get your books. That's a simple change that we can all make. I love um, that. And at least at the, at the very least start with that bookstore that you uh, recommended. I love, I'll give one, Harriet's Bookstore in Philadelphia. They have an uh, online bookshop. I love Harriet's. I, I uh, try to get all of my, my books from Harriet's. That's a, that's so simple and we can all yeah. do that. Yep. Um, another, this is a slightly different angle of this, but a really easy, another really easy change or something to be aware of. So Everyone who is watching this goes to business events, they're, they're going to camp. Look at the events that you support to ensure, you know, that they don't have the, the mantle, the panel that's all male, all white males. See if there is some diverse representation. In this day and age, there really is no reason not to have that. Yeah. And if you see a, an event you're interested in, but then you notice, mm, you know, could we get some more diversity on the panel? Reach out, 
that's a great way to, because sure, you can make the choice not to support that particular event, but that may not help to raise the awareness. The event organizers may have no idea or they yeah. may think like, oh, no one's going to pay attention. It's not that big a deal. Let them know. Uh, I have seen in some recent examples, folks have shared with me, they've reached out and the organizers have been appreciative and asked for some suggestions on, do you know anyone who we might be able to add? So that's practical, that's easy. And just sending a quick note doesn't have to be, I think people also think that everything has to be a huge conflict. Not at all. Just start a dialogue to say, hey, I noticed this. Um, I'd love to see some more diverse representation. Is that something you considered? That's yeah. another really simple way and something that we encounter probably on a daily basis, events that we look at and consider going to. So and I feel like that's a really big difference between inclusivity and being anti-racist. Like, I feel like that's a great example of like, I could just choose like the, the me two years ago might've chosen not to go. Like I, I actually for a long time, haven't loved looking at a whole panel of white men. Like that's irked me out for many years at this point. Cause I don't want to learn about money from a, a, that guy because right. he doesn't understand even what his wife is going through at home with the kids or same with food. You know, like we talk so much about healthy food here and one of the reasons that I ended up doing what I do is because when I first started learning about healthy food, it was all from old white dudes. And I was like, but I'm sure they're not the ones at home cooking for the kids, you know? And so like, and there was all these disconnects. It was hard to do right. with three small children. Totally. And so I just think that, so for a long time, I would just avoid those events. Yeah. And I feel like the big difference in getting a little bit more conscious is that like extra email or, yeah. um, you know, the extra questioning or, you know, even just calling and checking in with you and being like, what do we do in this situation if you don't know what to do? Right. And it's Absolutely. like, just what is a step that's not just like, I'm not going to go to this quietly. Right. Cause that's what we've done forever. Right. And that's one of the big things to unlearn being quiet or, oh, we can't discuss these things. Yeah, absolutely right. And one of the reasons um, I love just the concept of anti-racism, because it's about not just choices, but it's action. You have yeah. to, there's no, um, Ibram X. Kendi says, there's no neutral, non-racist middle. It's saying that extra thing. Uh, yeah. So that that's a really good point. Just doing, and it that's 30 seconds sending an email to the yep. event organizers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So for business owners, we have some, I think we have like some really good actions <laughs> that we can take. Everyone has three things. The values one is, is big. So let yep. yourself, I would advise everyone to just let yourself like really be in it. Like, let it be not big at first. Like let it just be stream of consciousness. And then just let yourself sit with it. That would be my advice. And then let yourself play with it, right? So you can take mm -hmm. it throughout the course of this week and really let it evolve um, yeah. or beyond like the summer. You could take it with the beach to you, <laughs> you know, take <laughs> it to the beach and like, just really look, look at all the things. Um, so a lot of the people who are entrepreneurs here are also mothers. And we've talked about how all of this intersects. So like just the idea of where we're buying things. I mean, I think, you know, actually today it's interesting. We have another, um, was it today or was it yesterday? We have, a, oh no, it's today. We have another on the, in the subject of money, we have another talk about 
um, from a Comrie expert about really understanding your spending history by going over to your Amazon shopping cart and just understanding when you use it and just using that as a way to get conscious about what you're bringing in. And to me, that's such an opportunity, like not only the business books, but like, you know, everything we buy, like, so like we, we want ease over anything else. So like, what are all the things? Are we buying like, you know, pails for the beach, you know, are we buying art supplies so we can get work done while our kids are doing art? Like, what are we doing? And obviously Amazon is the easiest and maybe the simplest, but does it really meld in with our values at all moments? And sometimes it might, because sometimes it might be like, I just need peace of mind that I can get this done and I can get my work done and then I can go be with the kids tomorrow or whatever. Like sometimes it might, but sometimes we might, it might be so easy to go to a um, toy store that's owned by somebody who we really want to support or, you know, any kind of store. So I love that example and how it bridges over. So let's talk more about motherhood and, and how, how we can really show up in this. And, and we're not going to have time to really delve into this. I'm sure we could talk about this for hours, but um, because we're diving into motherhood tomorrow, I just thought it would be good to just get a little bit of mm-hmm. mom because she's a mama. <laughs> yes, I am um, two little ones, uh, three and seven. Yeah, you and, really are in the thick of it. <laughs> yes, I am. I, and I think that same theme that I raised before, that that passion I have to, we just have to have hard conversations. And obviously that doesn't mean you sit the three-year-old down and say, systemic racism, this is what it's about. But it's not shrinking away from things that are happening, things that they observe. Uh, I have a couple examples that I think are funny. <laughs> I know the parents, other parents involved didn't think were funny. Um, one, there was a little neighbor, um, a child in our neighborhood, and I came out and he said, oh, hi, Miss Diane. That was the other Black neighbor on the block. Um, and oh, my gosh. <laughs> exactly. The parents were horrified, <laughs> but I knew I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but clearly he's noticing a difference. He's noticing Miss Diane and I have something in common. So that's an opportunity to talk about, you know, friends and just kind of their differences and um, they're not good or, you know, they're not bad. Um, Her skin looks like chocolate. What does yours look like? An opportunity to just invite some of what your kids are already learning. There's uh, research and I forget the details, but it shows that kids are already starting to form ideas about what different people look like in different races. I think it's by the time they're two. So we have this desire to avoid the topic, but we've seen the meme a lot since last year that, you know, if my kids are old enough to experience racism, then your kids are are old enough to learn about it. And I think, yeah. And I think there are some just tremendous books uh, that encourage conversation that just show different hues um, and talk about different backgrounds. And I think, you know, being intentional about building your bookshelf is a, a really great tool to have some conversations to start just building in your, you know, a, your belief that there are all kinds, of, you know, in diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, in showing some examples and building a counter narrative to 
to what we see uh, in the broader society. I think that's those things are really important. Just nurturing the conversation and and seeing what your kids um, what they ask about. Another quick example: my son, you know, virtual school. We all had to go through it. He asked, "Why does your?" He would have come and looked at the Zoom and said, "Oh, why does it say she, her?" And I'm not sure how much he understood, but I explained some people don't see themselves as she or he, and this is a way to make it easier for them to share that. And uh, he may not have grasped all of that, but I loved that we were having the conversation and there's some groundwork for him as you know um, he starts to learn more or encounters another um, discussion about um, folks who identify you know, who are trans. So yeah, I think just being really open and, and nurturing the curiosity that kids have and giving them some diverse resources. Yeah, I love that. And um, I, you know, and 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 just the idea that like we're all in these these bodies, right? And mm-hmm. and the, the you know, and there's there's so many there's like the color of our skin, there's the size of our body, like there's so many discussions to be had that mm-hmm. will just free up our kids. And I can already see where my kids get to be more free, you know, like I see, I can see how just even opening up the conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and there, you know, I can't control the conversation that's happening as much in school, but so far in our school, it's been a really great conversation. And I, you know, I can see where they're even more attuned than I am sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can call me out on when I say something that's old and stupid <laughs> because I have teens right now. So they do that quite a lot. <laughs> um, oh, that's really interesting. And, and it's funny because we were talking earlier about how, you know, money um, is sometimes more like taboo for women to talk about than even sex. And I would say racism falls right in there with all those. And when we're talking about sex, you know, one of the most um eye-opening things to me was I went to this talk when my oldest, I think was in like fourth grade. And this woman who was talking, um, has actually been on the podcast and maybe we'll link that up somewhere. But, um, she was saying that, um, if, if it was past second grade, you've, you've waited too long. Like if you didn't tell your kids and we were like horrified, we were like, what do you mean? Like, you know, but she was like, just think about it. If you like lived on a farm, you don't have to tell all the things. It's like how you just said, you don't have to tell all the facts, all the things that you know, as an adult, but if you live on a farm, you see that the animals do this thing. And then a couple months later, there's some babies. (laughs) So you like, see, you, you see the natural rhythm of it. So there's these conversations that we just have to have the courage to have in an age appropriate way. Um, that will just make it so much better as you know the next generations grow up yeah that's completely right do you have any great resources on that um I I can give you some I you can this is not a great resource you could um follow me on um Instagram I'm I'm Brandon Campbell comms and I do put in the mix I put uh some children book children's book selections. Cool. There is a Instagram account. I'm going to see if I can find it really quick. I know I am not going to remember, but there is a fantastic uh, little girl. And oh my God, 12. I love it. Yeah. And she is 12 and she says, I'm going to give you my, my perspective on these children's books. Um, you know, these, multi, these diverse children's books from a diverse kid's viewpoint. And 
she oh, has reviews and it's so cute and i cannot think of her name um, sorry, so we'll, will, we'll, we'll we'll put it somewhere so people yeah i'll share that with about you. this yeah that's one of my favorite resources um just saying I love that. this little girl you know she likes it like okay i'll check it out so now that we're talking about like books and, and whatnot so i feel like you know you know, having tough conversations is kind of like, well, it sounds like actually, you know, we could just mimic the whole business talk to family, right? Like you need yeah. your values. Like, so you could technically go to your business values and your core family values. Right. And, yeah. and, and have that be sort of like, okay, does this book fit into my values? Blah, blah, blah. Like is yeah. that what it's a story, or even if it's a story that you want to pass on, cause it was yours, you still, you can correct it. You can have a conversation about it, which is something that I found happening a lot in my 12 year old school this year, which really I liked. There was mm -hmm. a lot of people complaining about the content in general, okay. but I actually thought that the, you know, that the, the content was even being served up, but I actually really loved the conversation of like, why, some of the content that was being taught was inappropriate because then they can really see. Whereas if we just, you know what I mean? If we're just yeah. switching it up, it's, well, it's not like we're, we're not seeing what was wrong and like where some of this might come from. And I, so I feel like they're getting a grasp in that conversation of like, why is, why is the guy winning? Like, why is there always war? Why are we learning about all these white men? You know, like, and they're asking all these questions. That's awesome. That, that is a good point. Um, when you think of fairy tales of my three-year-old, there's so many that I haven't read since I was a kid. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like you just like, you read it and you're like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe this is the message. Like exactly. you have to, you have Prince Charming really does have to come save you. No wonder we're all in trouble. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that, that's actually a really good point of saying, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a really, that's a really but good. Then you can really start to have your own, understanding of it and you you and there's good and bad to all of it right like you know right. whatever like sometimes i really wish there was a prince charming oh my god <laughs> me too. Go sit on the beach <laughs> i have a tiara on my desk i am not a princess but if it happens there's a pumpkin yeah. i'm gonna get on get in it <laughs> yeah 100 percent um and so the, the point i was getting to at the beginning of all that was that i imagine there's also the next step of you know when um when you see something that's going on with your kid, with a kid's friend in school, um, that the anti-racist thing to do is like the same thing as the email to the company that's, you know, not quite, you know, that has all white man speakers. It's like, how do you craft a nice email just saying like, hey, like, I noticed this, it sits a little strangely with me. I wonder if we can have a discussion about how this could be dealt with a little differently. Definitely. And I, that is another link and resource I will share with you. Um, my district, like many districts across the country, and it's kind of broader, but same point is having, you know, the fury over critical race theory, which isn't really about critical race theory. If I'm being honest, when you kind of read the objections, it's objection to talking about differences um, in yeah. diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I've gotten really involved with other parents who really want to support that work uh, in our district. Um, so it's sometimes it, it is being aware of, of what is being taught, how it's being taught. Sometimes just saying a, a thank you to folks in your district. Um, in mine, the librarians put together this excellent multicultural uh, book list as a resource I use it all the time um, to say, you know, thank you. And sometimes 
I have a friend who is Jewish and there is not a large Jewish population in our district. She was horrified that there was a Christmas party at the elementary school um, that didn't talk about anything, any other sort of celebrations. So she said, hey, I have some great Hanukkah books. Could I come in and read those to the class? Um, So there are a lot of different ways that you can ask questions and uh, really try to partner and and highlight and show like this, this is what I'd love to see, kind of to model things um, that you'd like to see continue in, in your schools. Okay, I have one more question, and then I know that we've gone a long time. So that brings up something for me, which is, so I can see her passion and her celebration and wanting to come share her celebration. And I, you know, I can relate to that with different mm-hmm. things that I've, I'm, I'm actually, this is like totally irrelevant, but I'm from New Orleans. And so, okay. you know, every year it's like super fun for me to teach my tradition that I came up, brought, was brought up with around Mardi Gras. And like, you know, I feel that and I, I want, like, I just like, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's a burden in the black community that that if you know if especially if you're in a school where there's like two black families in the class that that person has to be the one to bring it up so i think that's really important to acknowledge that at some level i think that the nicest thing we can do is give that that person a rat like they don't need to be the one to bring the books in like that's ridiculous yes um you know, there, there's some personal responsibility, even if we don't feel like it's our own, like just our generational responsibility um, to show up in a different way and, and how we do that. That is such a great, yes, I'm really passionate about that point lately because I am like one of the two black families always in the class and I'm tired. I'm like, I don't want to have to yell and scream to say, you know, hey, teach about this. And it really ties into, and it's hard. A friend said to me, like, we're, we're told, we've been told as white women to kind of step back and, and have someone of color lead us and, yes. and, and not to speak over their experience. And that's so true. At the same time, it's, you know, allyship is a verb, kind of looking around and seeing like, hey, even though I'm not Jewish, can't we have a holiday party or could we represent a yeah. few different traditions? And this is how, if you see something, say something. And certainly if that, yeah. if a black I love that. If you see something, say something. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. And then, I mean, here we're always talking about, you know, simplifying and yes. making it so our plates aren't so full. And, but I just want to share that part of that is just in the focus like part yes, of that yes. is actually in the focus of your values. So when you're really in alignment with your values, I believe in business and at home, the to-do list thing isn't there. Like, so the fact right. that you have to organize a Hanukkah party, like isn't a big deal if it's like really supporting a value, even though it's going to create, you know, three hours of work that you might not feel like you have time for today. Like, right when we're really coming from our values, we, it, it takes away that, that burden of this endless to-do list. And I think we're all fight as women, we're fighting that a lot right now because we, we, especially this year, I mean, that's why this whole event exists. Like we <laughs> took on more than our human capacity mm-hmm. um, this year. And we, you know, and 
those of us who, you know, and, and you've done such amazing work this, this year. And I, I know um, from leading into this, that then you really need to break this summer. Right. So it's <laughs> like, it's like, we all need breaks, but when we're really operating from something that's meaningful and from our values, it flows. And yeah. I think that's really important to acknowledge, like, cause I, I can see people being like, oh my God, that sounds like so much work. Yeah. And I really want to call that out. I thank you for doing so. And, and I think it's, it's right. And it just, it all stems from, yeah. I know it may be overwhelming, but that getting clear on what you believe in, and then it's just like a sidestep, like, oh, hey, this, this is, um, they should be talking about Hanukkah. What, how can we make that happen? Um, and it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't feel like extra weight. Like you said, it's, this is what I believe in. Here's an opportunity for me to do something. So I'm going to do something. Yeah. And, and maybe, yes, it is real. We are all overburdened. So maybe there are a couple other parents in your class who would be interested yeah. in, in helping you plan something. Doesn't mean you have to do all of this yourself, yeah. but it does come back to that. If you see something, you say something. Yeah. And I love to see something, say something, because that's the other thing. It doesn't all have to happen tomorrow. Right. Right. Exactly. Like we, we, we've been, you know, we, we acknowledge we, we sit maybe for one whole full holiday season with how hard it is that we're just doing this. And, and if everybody knows, if you've said something out loud and everyone knows this is hard, then the whole thing will be different anyway, even if it's just the same as it is or has been for years. And mm -hmm. then you'll take the next step because it will be even more meaningful to take the next step. And so I think that's really important sometimes to just slow down a little bit. Um, not that we don't want to change quickly but sometimes in order to make big changes we really have to just like step back and slow down so we can like see yes it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint and you yeah it's it's as if i give you gave you a script which i didn't but i have a framework where i say you move from acknowledgement to awareness to action like yeah you have to um first kind of name the thing and then that's where you kind of grow and the reading and, and figuring things out and then just kind of as you learn more you can do more. Um, yeah. So it is a, it is a process and there are some things that you can do really quickly and other things that are going to take a while and that's okay. The most yeah. important thing is that you're doing something in those small decisions, as well as a large that we move towards change. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. This was so great. Thank you, Mia. Oh, so I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so excited for everyone to go find like the yummiest summer spot. I hope it's not raining as anyone's watching this. So just <laughs> go take that piece of paper and really let yourself seep into your own values. Absolutely. Um, and create something with that. So thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. All right. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes because I do believe that action is where real change happens. And the cool part that I have found about action with myself and all of the clients we serve here is that action doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be as big as maybe we think it needs to be. In fact, I have noticed over and over again that it's the little things adding up, the little things stacking together that really do impact our lives in the biggest of ways. And so on every episode, after every conversation, we always choose three doable changes. And these are small things or decent sized things that you can add into your life over the course of a week. You can schedule them. You can see how they fit into 
your life. You can try different variations, um, different versions. Each change I could talk about a little bit differently, but you get my drift. And you really lean into it and you see how it plays out in your life while you're in action. And we always share three because I want to give you some choice, not because I want anyone to think they have to run with all three. We really do serve up three so that you can choose the one, the one that you're really going to lean into and make part of your life. And then next week, you can choose the next one. And over the course of a year, it means that you will have created quite a nice collection of doable changes that should feel pretty impactful in your life. So here are three doable change ideas from my conversation with Brandon. Number one, practice making mistakes. Making mistakes is part of learning and change. Practice not getting defensive when you get called out or called in. Practice saying, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. This has been such a learning opportunity this past year for me on this one, the practice of making mistakes. I mean, really all of entrepreneurship and motherhood and much of my life has been about this, but on the concept of anti-racism, this year I really committed to stepping out and stepping in. And even this conversation with Brandon, who I just was so excited to talk about this with her, I was even nervous that I would say the wrong thing. So this is all part of it. Practice making mistakes in any area of your life. It's better to try a recipe. It's better to have a conversation. It's better to just do all the hard things and to actually do them. This is actually the essence of a doable change is just actually doing it. So practice making mistakes. See what that might mean in your life this week. All right. That was number one. That was a biggie. Number two, identify core values. Journal about your core values. Think about this as an internal exercise, not something you will put on your website. Just define for yourself what you believe and why. You can choose to make these public eventually, but i that's not where you're starting, as Brandon and I discussed. You're, you're doing this as a private exercise, and this is going to take away the pressure to find the right words, because we can get really stuck when we're talking about how we're going to show our values to the world, right? And this really just lets you focus on your core beliefs. And a lot of times, it's funny because I used to actually do this for people in a past iteration of my career in my design company. And it's so interesting how true this is and how really the biggest reward we get from doing this values work from really identifying our core values has more to do in showing up. Actually, it has more to do with showing up even to doable change number one, which is to practice making mistakes. Because if you have strong values, if you have a strong why behind anything that you do, you're more likely to show up and take the next step. And so that's really what this exercise is about. And We mentioned this a little bit on the episode, but you could totally do this for your business and you can totally do this for your family. In fact, 
it's something that we do from time to time around here, if you're working with me, as we come up with what our core values are. Because even though I know you know what yours are and I know what mine are, every once in a while, especially when things feel really full and like time is moving at a fast pace and not everything's feeling like it wants to feel, life is feeling overwhelming, this is a great way to pause and just realign yourself with what it is that you actually want to be showing up to do in a day, to spend your time doing in a day. So I highly, highly recommend this doable change. All right, number three, pick one small way to live your values. We discuss some of the ways that we can live our values on this podcast, and it can be as simple as buying the books that you might buy anyway. Maybe it's a book that we mentioned on this show (laughs) and you just buy it from a Black-owned independent bookseller instead of Amazon. Or sending a message to an event organizer pointing out a lack of diversity in their panel or making an effort to bring different perspective to our own panels or podcasts. So pick one way and lean into that for the next week, month, let it see how long that continues. Hopefully it will last for longer than even that. But you know, around here, we're trying to lean into things for a week and create the momentum. So again, you're picking one small way to live into your values. One small, let's call it one small and impactful way to live into your values from purchasing to you know, what you speak up about, whatever it is for you, the thing that you know you're not doing right now. That's our challenge to you. So these are three great doable changes. Remember, as everything is, becoming anti-racist is a becoming. It is a process. So let it be for you. It's not about an end destination. It's something that most of us will be doing forever. And so just take your first step this week and see, see what that, that creates in your life. And I can't wait to hear all about it. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.